The demand for localised and versioned content has never been greater, yet the supply of localization services is struggling to keep up. Specialist companies are going through a huge boom, but still they can't meet the demand. As consumers seek more content in more languages that reflects their locale, there is added pressure on content providers. So how is technology evolving to bridge the gap? In The Future of Localization, the DPP explored emerging technologies including machine learning, image analysis, speech-to-text and synthetic media to see whether we're on the brink of an automated localization revolution. Hello and welcome to the DPP podcast. I'm Edward Qualtro, Editorial Director here at the DPP, and I am delighted to introduce to you short discussions with experts involved in the DPP's The Future of Localization report, which was published in February 2023. In those four discussions, we will hear from Jeff Stedman, SDVI CMO, Scott McCarthy, Vice President, Head of Dubbing at DreamWorks Animation, Elodie Powers, Service Line Director for Global Audio Development, Streaming and Broadcast at Keyword Studios, and Ira Dworkin, Managing Director for Communications, Media and Entertainment at FPT Software. DPP CTO Rowan de Pomeray introduced the report with a presentation at HPA Tech Retreat in Palm Springs, and in that session was Scott McCarthy from DreamWorks and Elodie Powers from Keyword Studios. Rowan caught up with Scott at the event and I had a call with Elodie shortly after too to get their takes on the opportunities and challenges in media localization. So I'm here at the HPA Tech Retreat and I've sat down with uh, Scott McCarthy from DreamWorks. Hey Scott. Hello. <laughs> so tell us what you do. So I am the head of dubbing for DreamWorks Animation. Um, DreamWorks is owned by Universal, NBC Universal. So. Um, the Universal team really handles the theatrical side of our business, but a lot of my work is focused on the TV side, the broadcast deals, uh, streaming deals, and, and things like that. Awesome. And, and you were one of our expert contributors to this report. Uh, the first time you've been involved in, in a DPP piece of work like this. So uh, how, how was the experience? And, and now you've seen the results. Sort of, uh, you know, how, how does it relate to your business? How, how does it work for you? I, I mean, the experience was great. It was, you know, we got together and had dinner with a, you know, a whole round table of industry experts. And it really, it just felt like a really great conversation that doesn't happen enough across the industry and across, you know, uh, not just on the vendor level, but the studio level and platform level and just getting everyone together in the same room. It was, uh, I don't know, it was, uh, I think it was a needed conversation that this industry that was, that's long overdue, let's put it that way. Yep. Um, and then the report, I was so impressed. So, you know, you gave, you gave a great uh, presentation of it here at the HPA conference Thank or the you. Tech Retreat. And I thought it really covered, I mean, learning, learning that you didn't have the background in localization <laughs> that, that we're coming to the table with. Yep. The fact that you could capture all the the trends and the the state of our industry and and really the 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 technology and where it's going in such a comprehensive way it was uh it was impressive like i i'm incredibly impressed that you pulled so much from that one dinner conversation and put it into (laughs) i mean obviously your research goes beyond just that one conversation but there was so much that was pulled in there and 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 really captured uh perfectly in in that report oh that's very kind of you to say so um 
So, you know, apart from reading a report like this, uh, you know, how, how do you approach new technology in, in your world? You know, how are you looking at the, the kinds of automation and, and AI technologies that, that we covered in the report? It's something I have to keep my eye on, of course. Um, it's not something I'm actively using. A lot of the technology is really going to be on the vendor side. It's mm. going to help with efficiencies with the studios, the dub studios in all the countries that, that we actually hire to do the actual work, the recordings in, in, in the market. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of media on how this technology is going to take away jobs and take over voices and actors. And, and yes, while we may be there someday, I, I don't think it'll happen in my career. I could yeah. be wrong, but, um, I think the technology is going to support the industry and, and help with efficiencies. There's, it's not going to remove the human component. I'm a big believer that it shouldn't. Yep. Um, and I'm a big supporter of using the technology, but without taking away jobs. If anything, there's arguments to say it'll create more jobs in other aspects of this of the localization industry. So, um, but it's a it's a space that is fastly or very fast developing, and it's 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 right now we're kind of in this mode of like watching and and I think. Watching where it's going, I think that's what the report did so well, is that it didn't try to make some claims to say this is exactly what's going to happen in this space, but it really called out all the different aspects of this technology, all the d- impact it's going to have in localization specifically, and it said, watch these areas. Yeah. You know, And if you are someone like me who's really trying to just keep your, your, your finger on the pulse of, of this technology, it was, it was, a, it was a great... Um, report to highlight where to look and then if you're on the vendor level you know it's a great it's a great way to look at the report and say here's where to maybe invest with my technology or maybe this is an area where our technology could be applied and we can expand and invest in so um i think it really works for all levels from the the, the dub studio level to the you know the studio to the platforms awesome and and that uh kind of mix of technology and the, and the human creative input is definitely something that came out really clearly in, in that report. Um, so, I mean, you, you've been very, very kind with your words about, about what we did manage to cover, but obviously, you know, we can't cover absolutely everything. So, so what, are the, what are the kind of other trends, the other areas that you're watching that we, we didn't really get to touch on in the report? I think the, the, the main thing would probably be the consolidation factor that's going to happen in our in our industry mm. over the next three years. I think that the consolidation, not just from a vendor level, but from a studio and platform level as well, you know, whether you're, you know, all the major players on the content creators to, you know, the major platform streaming uh, uh, providers and services, like they're all, we're all at risk of being snatched up and consolidated. <laughs> and, and I think it could turn, you know, a lot of the, what's in the report and, and what's happening and the conversations that are happening in our, in our industry kind of on its head. So um, I think that's kind of the X factor that we, yeah. that we really have to just uh, on a parallel path kind of also be keeping a close eye on. Yep. And the impacts of that are, are, are obviously unknown. Awesome. Well, look, Scott, I better let you get back to uh, to the conference here, but thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, thanks again for your contribution to the work. No, thank you. It truly was. I think, I, for me, it was the most influential report that I have seen in, on localization, and it's not just because it's covering the future of localization, but also that it, gave, it gives us incredible snapshot on the current state and the trends that, uh, that are happening right now. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. 
Hi, uh, my name is Elodie Powers. I'm the Service Line Director for Media and Entertainment and Audio Development at Keyword Studios. And I'm based in Burbank. Thank you very much. So my colleague, uh, Rowan, he was recently over in the US at the HPA Tech Retreat, and he gave a presentation on a basis of a report that we've just released called The Future of Localization. So I'm going to put you on the spot and say, are there any themes of that work or Rowan's talk that particularly resonated with you? Things that you think are particularly uh, prescient and uh, related to challenges that you're having and um, how you're approaching those? Well, I think, you know, the, the presentation was amazing the, at the HPA Tech Retreat. It was very insightful. And the report, I thought, was spot on on reflecting where we're at and, and looking ahead at what's to come. There are, it's moving fast. It's a very dynamic space. And I think right now everyone is grappling uh, with the application and the deployment and, and where it fits best today. Thank you. So I was just catching up with Rowan and some of the things we pulled threads we were pulling on were related to automation first of all and also localization and its relationship to accessibility can you sort of say why those areas in particular are, are things that are relevant to, to what you're doing at keywords sure i think there's tremendous opportunity for deployment of new technology and automation that can transform how we approach certain tasks We've already seen some of that transformation in other areas uh, of the business with video and, and sound components, with smart solutions being made available to us. Our teams, I'm sure, you know, would welcome any opportunity to bring more focus on the creative output and um, any ways to augment you know, their capabilities. We've seen some breakthroughs uh, with uh, neural machine translation, and, and there's just a lot more to come our way. I think from my background, when I was a journalist covering different parts of technology and business, it became almost cliched that AI and automation wasn't going to remove the human, it was going to augment how they work. And it seems like this localization area is the perfect example of why that's, why that's true, really, why it is the integration of the human and the automation. Is that something you see as well? Yeah, we definitely see opportunity also for ver different versioning and, and keeping track of workflows. And again, removing the repetitive and tedious tasks away from, from, the, from the creative. Thank you. I'm going to ask you a uh, playful question. Maybe I'll make this the last question. This is what Rowan asked a group of practitioners in the localization space from the, the DPP membership when we hosted an online workshop, when we were sourcing information and research and uh trying to get the, the best expert input into the work. And the playful question was, if you would like one thing from your localization initiatives and innovations, what would it be? Would you want it to be faster, better, or cheaper? I would say better. Quality is always the focus. We're dealing with a level of complexity with media and entertainment that is highly contextual. And we just want to keep augmenting what we have and keep doing better. That's really interesting to hear because it's completely in line, I think, with uh, what Rowan writes about in the last chapter. And I don't think there was a single respondent who said cheaper. It was either faster or better quality. And I think Rowan extracted that of all the content providers who responded, and it was a very small sample, all of those were in the, the same camp. They were all in the, in the better too. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if there's anything else, Elodie, you'd like to add. You've got a burning desire to share before I let you go. I'm going to try and gauge to see if there is anything I think that's been missed. I think you guys are doing great work. I really appreciate all the insights you know you're you're putting out, and uh, and I appreciate you uh, asking me to participate. Oh well, thank you very much, Elodie. Un- unprompted, nice words for us. So really appreciate it, and and thank you for taking the time to speak to us as well. We really appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you. That then was Scott McCarthy from DreamWorks and Elodie Powers from Keyword Studios, who were both at Rowan's session in Palm Springs. Next, we will hear from SDVI Chief Marketing Officer Jeff Stedman with Rowan himself, and then FPT Software's Ira Dworkin to hear about their reflections on the work. Hello, Rowan. Hello, Jeff. Thank you very much for joining the DPP podcast. Rowan de Pomeroy, you're a man who needs absolutely zero introduction whatsoever. But Jeff, (laughs) I'd like you to please introduce yourself. Hi, Edward and Rowan. Great to be here. My name is Jeff Stedman. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer with SDVI. Thank you very much, Jeff. So, Rowan, you're going to get a harder question than Jeff's first one, which is, could you tell us a bit about the recent piece of work that the DPP has published, The Future of Localization, and maybe any particular themes uh, or out- outputs that have resonated with you and with people who have sort of responded to you so far about the work? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Edward. Um, it's been a fascinating piece of research, this. Um we had a really great group of experts from content owners, from localization service providers, from, from technology companies um, to really explore the topic of um, localization of, of TV and movie content um, and where the processes of localization are going. So you know, we were thinking a lot about whether more automation will be coming down the track. We were thinking a lot about how AI and machine learning might play a part. Um, but actually, you know, even before we got into that level of depth, one of the things that that really stood out to me was the ways in which companies think about localization compared to other services. Um, so in particular, you start to get a lot of overlap with things like audio description, um, translated subtitles are, you know, very often produced by the same teams as produced um, captions for, for the deaf or hard of hearing. And so we actually came up with this model in the report that I rather love that places um, localization as a subset of, of accessibility. Um, you know, one of our contributors said that, that localizing content is all part of just making it accessible to a, to a broader audience. And, and that's how they think about it now. And I, I find that sort of quite profound and it sort of underlined a lot of the ways that we were thinking about how localizers need to um, respect the, the culture of their audiences and, and, and also the, the editorial intent of the original content creators. Thank you. And it's fascinating being in those workshops when that was, when that was discussed about localization as a subset of accessibility. Um, you mentioned automation in there and there was quite an extensive part of the work that discussed that and went into innovations in that sort of space. Jeff, you, you know a fair bit about this area. What sort of resonated with you about the, uh, the work and in particular the, the automation aspect, I think? Yeah, so, you know, from, a, from the point of view of, a, of kind of a supply chain, a content supply chain, and, and the need to create all of these different versions of content, I think the, the research was interesting in the, from the standpoint that 
while there is a creative element to the localization process, there is a desire to try to automate and make that process more efficient. And when we say automate, um, we don't necessarily mean replacing the human activity, but augmenting it or making it more efficient, making it perhaps more guided or more assisted. And so when we, we think about the kind of the way automation can play a role in the localization process, it's really about how do we help the, the elements of localization that need to be done by a human? Uh, how do we help them happen faster? Uh, I think one of the interesting themes was this desire to, to do more localization faster, to do more with the same resources, not really so much do more with less uh, or, or, you know, have to add a lot of resources, but really get, get more performance out of the entire supply chain, if you will, uh, and get more efficiency and agility out of it. Thanks. And a quick follow-up question before I ask Rowan one about your comment about speed versus performance versus, I'm going to introduce cost, because I know Rowan asked a question about that in our workshops. It's almost become certainly not trite, but this discussion around automation is all about the integration of, of the human and the innovation and the technology. And this is a piece of work which just completely highlights that however much we might try to break that down, it's just completely true. This isn't a thing that can just be completely automated, um, yet it has to be the augmented human. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think what, what really came out of a lot of the, the discussions and the report was the fact that while there's a lot of interest and expectation and even anticipation for what automated tools are going to be able to do, uh, today they're not fully ready for prime time. Uh, and they may never be because there is an element of creativity that comes into making content culturally relevant. Somebody's got to make a decision about something or there's certain influences and intonations and inflections that have to be communicated that really require somebody's kind of creative input. And I think um, to the extent that we can, we can make supply chains efficient enough to get out that creativity, but yet have them be able to process more content, get more content throughput, if we can find that balance, I think we're really optimizing that localization supply chain. Thanks. That sounds like it sort of ties into so much DPP work, which is it is about stitching the tools together as much as it is, is automating like one particular process. It's bringing it all together. So Rowan, Jeff teased the cost versus speed versus what was the third part? I want to say quality. quality. Uh, can, you, can you remember and try and share the discussion that took place in the workshop? And if you can, the results of that discussion? Uh, of the mini poll that you gave a, a small group of people. Yeah, ab absolutely. So, so we, um, we, we had this premise for this whole piece of work that, that one of the reasons why localization is important right now is that um, there's been a huge rise in demand, but supply of, of services for localization has often not kept up. There simply haven't been enough subtitlers, dubbing artists and so on. Um, and, one of the things that we we asked, as you say, in the workshop was if, if you could make localization faster or cheaper or better quality, but only one of them, uh, which would you choose? And it was very, very interesting that not a single person said cheaper. Um, it was all about faster and better quality. And what's perhaps more interesting is that every response from a content owner uh, was that they wanted things to be faster. Um, getting stuff done more quickly is, is really an imperative for a lot of these organizations. And, and I think that's where a lot of what Jeff is talking about there comes in, right? Is that yes, you still need the creative input of a human being, 
try getting Google Translate to to translate a joke from one language to another, right? You know, there, there are there are double entendres, plays on words, cultural references that that are not just literal translations, um, but that you need to enable the human being to focus on on those um, creative elements with without some of the the boring manual processes, the uh, the looking for stuff, as as one of our contributors put it. There's there's just so much time spent finding the right piece of media, checking it is what you think it is. Um, all of that kind of effort that is that is not creative, that is not really adding value. Thanks. And to put you on the spot, Jeff, on faster, better or cheaper, what would you say you're most trying to provide customers or speak to partners and customers about? You know, I think we align very well with the faster notion as well. I mean, of course, we want to enable our customers to do better quality work at lower cost. But at the end of the day, automating the supply chain and integrating the manual and the automated tasks together as part of a supply chain is really about trying to improve content throughput, push more content through the system for a given amount of resources, and to kind of bring together the the ideas of what can machines do versus what can humans do we have this concept of being able to have machines do the analysis of content at one level or do a first pass at, say, a transcription or a translation. Uh, and then, and if, if, for instance, in a compliance sort of scenario, look for certain instances in the video that might be objectionable or might need a human to review them. And then we can actually collect that data, associate that data with the video. We call it time-based metadata. And so you take machine, the output of the machine sort of analysis, you identify places that need review by a human, and then you use that metadata to direct the human to only those points in time that they have to look at to see, is there a compliance edit that's required? Uh, and so they're not watching through all the, all the video. They're only going to the moments in time that, that have been identified as potentially risky or potentially needing a human review. So that combination of using the automated tools to guide the human activities ends up streamlining the process and enabling that human to process a lot more content than they otherwise would because they're not wasting time watching what they don't need to be watching. Thank you. And I was going to put Rowan on the spot to bring up time-based metadata, actually. I know that's his favorite subject. So is there anything else you'd like to add about that um, area, anything to highlight from the work? Well, I mean, we didn't get a we didn't get deep into this in in the work, but um, but I think that challenge of of moving information about a piece of media through these many processes is is a significant part of this this need to sort of streamline and automate the supply chain. Right? We have different organisations providing localization services, different tools, perhaps automating parts of it, and in many cases at the moment there isn't. A good common format for interchange of that data, I think. So, so having the ability to stitch together the information from across different systems is certainly, I think, a pain point that that many people face. I mean, is that is that what you see, Jeff? Yeah, and you know, as you're collecting input from different tools, they all have metadata formats that are a little bit different. Um, you know, from our perspective, a lot a lot of what we try to do is normalize that metadata and put it into more of a kind of common sort of format that we can use to down to guide downstream processes in the supply chain. And remember the the tools that are used for analysis could change. You know, when we're talking about AI tools, there's a certain amount of leapfrogging from one vendor to another as they 
add new capabilities or get a little more accurate or just improve some aspect of their AI tool, um, you might want to use that tool uh, to, to provide a first pass on something versus another tool. Or you might want to switch those tools. <laughs> and being able to, to do that and then grab that metadata, normalize that metadata, and then associate that metadata back to the video, that's, that's an important part of, of being able to guide the supply chain or, or to automate the supply chain, even as you're integrating human components or human tasks within that supply chain. Thank you. And a closing question from me, I think, on this subject. So the work was called The Future of Localization. So Rowan, I'm going to put you on the spot first, and then Jeff gets a bit more thinking time whilst you're coming up with a quick response. Is one thing, because you mentioned the challenges at the beginning, there's a crunch, there's an increase in demand, uh, limited supply that uh, organizations and our industry have to be positive about the future of localization. And you can repeat some things you've said earlier, so for me, uh, I, I think the thing that we see great excitement about at the moment is um, voice cloning, speech-to-speech synthesis. Um, you know, this is technology that allows you to make you know, a human performance from, from a voice actor sound like another human being. And the amount of efficiency that can be introduced by doing that, the amount of flexibility it gives you with um, being able to use actors' voices um, to, to create you know, new pieces of dialogue or, or, you know, marketing assets or whatever it might be. It's, it's kind of nascent technology, but uh, there's a lot of excitement around it. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing um, where that lands in the next couple of years. Thanks. You've gone pretty futuristic. Jeff, what's your uh, response? Well, I think uh, first off, it's, it's really been interesting and exciting and, and enjoyable to see how much of this content, international content is being consumed all over, especially in, in, from my perspective, content here in the United States that's being produced elsewhere and that I'm getting to consume here because it's, it's been translated and it's been made culturally relevant to, uh, you know, to, to, to my audience and, or, and the same for other audiences. So I, I, I'm excited about the growth in the industry and the opportunities that, that we have to share content around the world. And like Rowan said, I think there are some technologies like speech to speech and other things that are that are going to evolve and are going to get better and better. And boy, are they going to really enable a whole new level of experience by people to experience content that really sounds good to them. They can understand it and it fits with you know their expectations for content in their own market. So I, I think it's a good time for the content industry, especially as we can make this localization process more efficient and more streamlined. Pleasure to be here. Uh, I am Ira Dworkin. I am responsible for the media and entertainment vertical for FPT Software. Uh, We are a large uh, Vietnamese-based technology consulting and software development firm. We have particular depth in media and entertainment and work really across the uh, across the value chain with M&E companies. And you're not in Vietnam though, are you? Because we've spoken previously, you've contributed to some of, other, some of our other work also. I am not in Vietnam. We have uh, our, our largest uh, collection of folks obviously are based in Vietnam, but we have dev centers worldwide. I'm based in Los Angeles, uh, have a 
history in the media and entertainment space prior to joining FPT uh, with a range of entertainment and technology companies. But we have uh, about 700 or so folks in the US. We have dev centers in addition to Vietnam, in Slovakia, in the Philippines, in Malaysia, and recently added centers in Central and South America as well. So we kind of cover cover all time zones across the world, really. Okay, thank you. So that's maybe a good segue then, because we're going to talk about localization. So this is a DPP report that our CTO, Rowan de Pomeray, authored that we released in February 2023. It's now a couple of months on from that. It's actually been one of the most downloaded DPP reports. It's been really fascinating to see how engaged that localization community is. So I'm going to ask you some quite broad questions, but what are some of the themes, any of the findings, the outputs of that future of localization piece that particularly resonated with you and maybe how FPT is working with customers and how you see the market developing? Sure. So overall, I thought it was a great report, very comprehensive. I, I think there were a few key themes that particularly to, to your to your point resonated with us. One, the comments around the need for culture and compliance edits were interesting and the insights around how demand is changing. In particular, translation of non-English content. There's more and more global demand for content than ever. So being able to adjust for specific cultural or religious demands in certain markets is key. And this has been a key issue for companies distributing content for quite some time, right? You don't want to distribute to a region that has particular religious concerns around violence or language and not be able to comply. So in terms of being able to address those needs, we're leveraging AI, uh, a, a theme you'll hear repeatedly, to help drive capabilities there. As I mentioned earlier, we're not in the business of localization, but we're in the business of helping customers build out their systems. And so more and more, uh, we're, we're leveraging AI and using automation to help drive, uh, to help drive these improvements in, uh, in, in the supply chain. Thank you. So you mentioned that um, you're part of the organizations that are sort of stitching all this together. So what are the, the, the tech transformations that you've seen take place in recent years? And, and how close are we to, I think the phrase Rowan used was the, the fully automated localization service. So we're, we're getting there. We're not quite there yet. Over the last six to nine months, we've seen AI really jumped to the forefront of just about every discussion, right? And, and ChatGPT and the large language models, I, I think, have been getting a lot of attention. Uh, AI has been around, machine learning models have been around for quite some time and contribute to uh, localization. Much of the, the localization and translation work that, that's been done, particularly for higher value content, still requires human review or editorial review. I, I think we're seeing, we're starting to see a shift. And with the large language models, with some of the additional capabilities, I think we are starting to see the emergence of 
full automation, where we're getting closer and closer to the ability to be able to fully automate a process. It's still likely a, a few years down the road, but I think the promise is absolutely there. We're also, FPT in particular, is, is exploring technologies and, and approaches beyond kind of your, your traditional translation of, of spoken language. Uh, I believe this becomes more and more important as the content providers, as everything is expanding globally. As you move into regions, you want to provide the best content experience for, for your users. So not just translating the spoken word, but translating billboards, translating signposts, storefronts, and, and the like to, you know, to really provide that, that full experience. I, I think AI and uh, some of the image recognition models help to, help to facilitate that. Uh, identify images, translate them, and then reinsert them in the video seamlessly so that you know a user in France or in Spain or wherever sees that content in the local language and it it appears at, you know as if it were filmed that way. And that's fascinating to hear because it ties into some of the other work we're doing, which almost relates localization as accessibility services with the monetization of content, which is something we were talking about with, you know, the dynamic virtual ad insertion into content too. And it's some of the same technology that's going to be piecing these things together. So what do you think is some of the next phase of tech transformation in localization? You've mentioned AI and, and almost that the, the, the superpower or augmented human is always going to be the person who is the expert and has the knowledge to stitch this together. What's coming What's coming next? That's a cheap question because the title of the work was the future of localization. I'm going to ask you to, to go beyond what's the, the current and the next. So as I mentioned, I, I think the, the future is tying together some of, the, some of these technologies, the, the AI and machine learning models that have been previous built, previously built, the large language models and technology that's emerging uh, over the last year or so, I, I think really enhances the ability to speed translations, to automate the process, and, and to ensure that context around uh, the translations or localizations is being maintained. So I, I, I think, you know, over the, over the coming years, we'll see the technology improve significantly. Uh, it will help content providers and service providers much more rapidly speed the, the process, which helps to reduce the intervals for distribution, which helps to get to more of a global distribution model where content can be provided in markets at, at the same time or near the same time. And that completely resonates with uh, the playful question that Rowan asked some of our contributors in those workshops where we gave them an ultimatum. Would you want the ultimate goal of your localization services to be faster, cheaper, or better? And everyone said either faster or better, and no one said cheaper. And I think what you mentioned there is to keep up with the demand to do this faster. It's the only way using the, this sort of technology that's going to happen. 
So, well, so I, I, I will say one thing. You, you mentioned faster, cheaper, and better, and nearly all of the all of the folks that were queried said faster and better. I I would add that I I think part of the future is this is a case where where you can get everything right where where uh, we are driving towards all three of those faster, cheaper, and better. Uh, the more that can be automated, the more that can be leveraged, it reduces the the human footprint uh, on the the human level of effort uh, on the process that will bring costs down and will you know overall speed speed time to market. Thanks. That's a very positive note to end on as well. That is the Venn sweet spot of where we're going with the future of localization. Thank you very much. Thank you again then to Scott Elodie, Jeff Ira, and of course, Rowan himself. I hope you have enjoyed listening. Please do feel free to get in touch with your comments, constructive and otherwise, and we look forward to sharing with you more insight in future episodes of the DPP podcast.